everybody, Pastor Chris here. Thanks for listening to our Market Street Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope today's message helps you in your walk with Jesus. For more ways to connect, visit us at marketstreetchurch.org. Um, again, happy Father's Day to you. So I have here this gift card uh, to Home Depot. For the life of me, I can't remember how much is on it. Typical dad fashion, right? So I think it was somewhere around $50. Maybe there's $47.13, something along those lines. Could be $52. I don't know. There's, there's just some money on here. And uh, so I want to I give it away to a dad. So let, we're going to start with dads. Dad's in the room. If you're a dad, if you're a dad online, if there's any dads watching online this morning, you know, maybe they're at the golf course and they're right now, they're, they're Facebook living right now, church. That's probably what's happening right now. I'm sure, right? Right? Wishful thinking? No? No? Okay. So quite one, just one question, one question for dads. We'll start with dads and then the dads won't answer and then we'll move to the wives. Wives may answer, and then we'll move to kids, and they will, they'll go, why do I want Home Depot gift card? And so, so that's probably how this game is going to go. But uh, so question for dads, for dads. So we're going to do Price is Right style, Price is Right style. Okay, closest, closest without going over. Okay, closest without going over. So the spirit of bacon in what we had this morning, if you were here in the, in the room. How many pounds of bacon does an average American eat per year? How many pounds of bacon does an average American eat per year? year? So, dad, a dad, give me a dad in the room. Yell, yell out a number. Give me a dad. 13 pounds. 13 pounds. Any other, any other guesses? A dad, just, huh? 80 pounds. Woo, 80 pounds, 10, Whitney says 10, Craig, 48 pounds, 40, is this like what you're thinking, how many pounds of bacon you eat in a year, all right, all right, John, Craig, is this what, is this what you're going off of, it's like Rhonda brings home this many pounds a week, I consume that many, uh, anybody online, Kim? Joe Martin says 15 pounds. Joe says 15 pounds. Any other guesses? What? Okay, okay, all right, all right. I see your strategy. <laughs> one, Nick says. Nick says one. Because Nick thinks everybody's going over, right? He thinks everybody's going over. Uh, any other dads? In the, any other online dads? Or anybody other dads? Two, he says two. He's stuffing out, snuffing out Nick. I like it. I like this strategy now. This is good. This is good. Any other dads want to take a guess? Randazza, what was your guess? 13. Whitney, what was your guess? 10. Okay. Uh, any other guesses? 25.2. Any other online guesses? What did Joe say online? Joe said 15. Any other guesses? The answer is 18 pounds. Joe Martin online. I love this. This is so good. Church is happening in the room. Church is happening at home. Joe Martin 
Uh, we'll get you your gift card, my friend. Home Depot gift card. Awesome, awesome. Clap it up for Joe because he's listening. He's watching church. Joe's a great dad. Joe's got his, his son, Jake. Jake, I'll just, can I just give this to you? Jake, I got you your Father's Day gift for your dad. There you go. Yeah. This worked out perfectly, Jake. That's, that's perfect. I can't, uh, this, this is God. It's all God, isn't it? I, just, I love how God orchestrates things. Awesome. Okay, awesome. 18 pounds. I, I actually thought that that was kind of low. Did anybody else think that that was kind of low? I definitely didn't think it was 80 or 48. But uh, I thought that 18 pounds is, you know, I don't know. But uh, that's, I thought that was good. So anyways, okay, Merry, happy Father's Day. I almost said Merry Christmas for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> Merry Christmas to Joe, uh, who won a Home Depot gift card. All right. So, um, so I, there, there's, a, there's a word uh, that the uh, Finnish people, uh, uh, they, they, they co- sort of t- coined this, this, this word, uh, sisu, sisu. Uh, and and they, they used this, this word, um, and it sort of originated from uh, back in the 1940s, somewhere around you know, World War II, when World War II was going on. Um, Finland um, was, was trying to uh, negotiate some things with the Soviet Union, and the Soviet Union at that time was a, was a powerhouse, you know, nation. And, and the Soviet Union wanted to take some territory from Finland. And they kind of, you know, were sort of, you know, humoring them by going to the table with some negotiations and, and saying, we want this territory and then you can kind of have this territory. And Finland's like, that's not, that, those are not good deals. Those are not reasonable negotiations. And so, um, and so the Soviet Union said, well, then, you know, then we'll go to war about it. We'll go to, we'll go to battle about it. And, and, you know, and for, for most nations like Finland's size, that would have been, okay, we'll just, we don't want to lose all of our, a lot of our people, so, you know, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just go with your negotiations, even though, you know, you're killing us here with, with these. And so they just, so Finland decided, no, we're going we're gonna to go to battle. And they were, I mean, they had 50 times the soldiers Soviet Union had. They had, they had 50 times the, the artillery. They had, you know, just multiple, multiple times the amount of, you know, tanks and, and aircraft. I mean, it was just, it was a, un, you know, insurmountable challenge that Finland had against the Soviet Union. And, and you would consider it to be sort of like Finland was this underdog in against this battle against this giant powerhouse called the Soviet Union at the time. But Finland decided, nope, we're going to go to battle. We're going to go to battle. And so during that war, it's called the Winter War, Finland had their, a field day against the Soviet Union. They used all sorts of different uh, uh, incredible uh, you know, t- tactics against the Soviet Union. I mean, you can go back and you can you know, Google search you know, the Winter War and Finland versus the Soviet Union. You're gonna, you'll, you'll read about all these different re- ways in which why Finland was able to have victory against the Soviet Union even though they were outnumbered by all sorts of things. Artillery, tanks, aircraft, men, women. It, they were outnumbered outnumbered by all these things. It, will, it drew the attention. It was so impressive of what Finland did that it drew the attention of the New York Times. And the New York Times wrote an article back in 1940. It says, the Finns have something they call sisu. Or sisu. It is a compound of bravado 
and bravery, of ferocity and tenacity, of the ability to keep fighting after most people would have quit and to fight with the will to win. And this is what the, and, and it's, it's hard in the English to even find a, a word or, or at least a, how to define, you know, sisu. It, it's just this idea of, of, and it really doesn't even really articulate like grit. It, it, you know, we maybe use that word in our, in our terminology in, in America. We use that term, you know, grit, you know. It's just the, it's sort of the, the, the Finns version of our American dream, right? It just takes hard work, tenacity, keep fighting, you know, after when most people will quit. And they, the Finnish people, they, they believe that there is something inside of them and, and what gave them the victory against the Soviet Union, that there was something inside of them that said even when they wanted to quit, even when they wanted to give up, even when they thought they couldn't fight another battle, even when they thought that they were, you know, they were outnumbered and there was no chance, there was, they knew that there was something inside of them that they described that they coined Sisu that was this tenacity, this bravado, this ferocity, this, 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 this grit, this ability to keep fighting after most people would have given up. And it's the will to win. And I, and I hope you know, I hope you know, that all of us have that inside of us. All of us have that inside of us. Now, because it's Father's Day, I'm going to talk about a guy a guy in, in scripture, that it had had this. He had this tenacity. He had this grit. He had this willing to keep fighting after most people would have quit. He had this ability to be able to say, you know what, even though you know, the, the odds are against me, even though I'm an underdog, I'm not, I'm gonna keep fighting and I'm gonna have, I'm gonna keep going until I experience victory. And the reality is, the, tr- the spiritual reality is, that's what God wants for all of us. God wants all of us to know that you can have victory in your life, that you can win the battles over your, your emotions and your mentality and the, you know, the physical I- attributes and the relational issues and the financial stuff and the, you know, all the things that we battle with in life. God wants you to know that you can have that kind of mentality when it comes to having victories in your life. And so I want to introduce you to this guy. He's one of David's mighty men. He's one of David's mighty men. And his name is Beniah. Beniah. And Beniah was the son of Jehoiada, the son of the warrior of Kabzeel. And he was mighty Indeed, mighty indeed. So Benaiah, you know, he was, so his, his father, Jehoiada, if you, if you study, uh, you know, scripture and, and his name, you'll, you'll learn that he was a priest. And so, so you know, Benaiah was this, you know, son of a, of a priest. He was a, you know, PK, he was a priest kid, right? Um, which is what my kids are. They're pastor's kids, they're PKs, you know, and they're just unique and weird, all of them, their own categories, right? And so Benaiah was this PK, and, and but his, his grandfather, so his father was a priest. He was a godly man, honored God. As a matter of fact, you know, you can read about Jehoiada, how he helped one of the kings honor God or live, live in a God-honoring way. He, one of the few, you know, Israel kings that Jehoiada was responsible or helping him, you know, and guiding this king to keep honoring God in his life. It's, it's, it's cool. And then his, his father before him, he was, what, they, what the scripture, all we know is that he was just this warrior, he was this valiant man, this valiant warrior. 
Well, it says that Benaiah, so here he's got, he's got like from his father, he's got some spirituality to him, which is pretty awesome, which is as a dad, dads, listen, you, you need, you and I as dads, we need to be the ones that are leading the spirituality for our kids. We need to be the one that are incorporating the things like, you know, that, that, that God, keep honoring God, keep honoring God, keep trusting God, keep living for God, keep doing what God, keep being obedient to God. Like this is a, a dad, a dad responsibility. It's a dad responsibility. It's what you're called to as a dad. And that's what Benaiah's job was, was to listen to his father, listen to his father and all the spiritual things. His grandpa, man, his grandpa was just a valiant warrior. He was a mighty warrior. And so as a result of that, Benaiah was a godly man, but he was also a warrior of his own. As a matter of fact, Benaiah, it's interesting, his name means built by God, built by God. Do you know you're built by God? Like you are built by God. The scripture teaches us in Psalms, right, that we're spiritually, we're, we're, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Like God has woven you together and knitted you and, 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 he, and he formed you and he made you and he designed you and he, he created you beautiful. I mean, Paul writes it this way. Paul says in this in Ephesians 2.10, he says, for we are his workmanship. We are his, his handcrafted you know, work, his, our, the mosaic of God, the piece together purposely and intentionally and, and with, with a reason and with a plan. I mean, God knows, the, for we know the plans that he has for you. God, you're not here on accident. You're, you know, you're here because God's got a plan for your life. God wants to work through you and in you and through you. You're, you're amazing. You're incredible. You're, you're made in the image of God. You're built by God. He knows your name. He knows you more than you know yourself. He, the, your, your weirdness and your quirks and your personality, God intended that for a reason. There, there's the way, the way that you're, why you're weird is because God made you that way and I'm weird because God made me that way. You're quirky because God made you that way. That's how God formed you. You're his workmanship. That's who you are. I hope you know that. If you get nothing out of this talk today, I hope you leave here going, I, I'm God's workmanship. I'm built by God. I'm built by God. He's the creator. He's the creator. He's the potter, and I'm just, I'm the clay. And he formed me. And he's put life into me. And that's how, well, I hope you, 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 you understand. And that's what Benaiah understood. Benaiah was like, I'm built by God. I'm built by God. And I'm sure his father reminded him of that. Hey, you're built by God. You're built by God. You can do anything. You can achieve anything. You can accomplish any, whatever you want to accomplish in your life for the glory of God, for the purposes of God. You can do whatever you want to do in your life because you're his workmanship. You're his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works which God prepared beforehand. He, he wants you to live out and walk into the good works that God has already laid out for you. That you would just walk in them, walk in them. God has already has a plan for your life. So that's Benaiah and that's you. That's us. That's all of us. Built by God were his workmanship. It goes on and says in the same verse, it says, Benaiah 
the son of Jehoiada, the son of a warrior of Kabzeel, mighty in deeds, look at it says, struck and killed the two sons of Ariel of Moab. Now, this is interesting, this Ariel, this, you've got to know the story of Ariel. It's pretty fantastic. Ariel was one of seven daughters from King Triton and, and Queen Athena, and, uh, and she was kind of a rebellious young girl, and uh, she longed to be in the, a part of the human world, you know, and, and she always just collected a bunch of knickknacks and things that, you know, she collected from, you know, human artifacts, and one day... She was out swimming, and uh, there was a shipwreck, and, and she rescued um, who happened to be a prince. His name was Prince Eric, and she rescued Prince Eric from drowning, and, you know, she had some friends. Here are some of her friends. Uh, there's a couple of her friends. Uh, uh, Sebastian and Flounder, those are a couple of her friends. Oh, there is a picture of her, of her prince that she rescued. There he is, uh, such a do-to-do kind of a guy, uh, Prince Eric. Uh, but that, that's who, and, and, and the, you know, you know they, they got married. So there's they are. And so, and so she loved Eric. She was willing to like give up her voice. She had an amazing singing voice. You should, you should, it, it, pretty amazing. So they had two sons, and Beniah killed them. <laughs> Things that Disney won't tell you, right? <laughs> Things that Disney left out, right? No? Maybe different area. Different area. Okay, okay, okay. Um, uh, <laughs> was everybody like, wow, this is, this is interesting. This is, wow, how do, is this is in the Bible? This is in the Bible? No? Okay, okay. Did I not? No, nobody was fooled? Okay, okay, okay. Um, Ariel actually means lion, lion. And so the, the, the translation actually, so if you have a King James Version, actually says the KJV even translates Ariel as lion-like men. That's what the KG translates Ariel as. And so Benaiah was this valiant man, this incredible warrior, and it says that he, he killed the two sons of Ariel, which Ariel is not, was probably not a person, but more of a description of these two, two men that were lion-like men. Lion-like men. And then it goes on to say this about, about Benaiah. So, so it, says it, it says, he struck and killed the sons of Ariel of Moab. He also went down and struck and killed a lion. So not only did he kill two lion-like men, but he also went down and, and killed a lion but he didn't just kill a lion. He killed a lion inside a pit. And it wasn't a lion inside of a pit, but it was a lion inside of a pit on a snowy day. I mean, come on. On a snowy day? I don't even want to drive to work on a snowy day. Right? I don't even want to walk out of my car and walk into a building on a snowy day worried that I might slip and fall and break my leg. But this guy was like, he was the man. Like, this guy was like, I'm not, a, not only am I going to kill two lion-like men, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and I'm going to, there's a lion in a pit. And I don't know if he was bored. I don't really know. We don't really know. All it, all it tells us was is that he saw a lion in a pit on a snowy day and he killed it. If I see a lion in any, any proximity, I'm running. I don't, I'm like, that's in a pit? I, it, maybe it can climb out. I hear it's like a cat. It can maybe just climb out. If I see a lion not in a cage, I'm out of here. Anybody else? Yes. 
This guy was like, oh, cool, a lion in a pit. Oh, I don't have a lot of traction. Oh, well. <laughs> and he kills this thing. Is this, a, is this guy sweet or what? Like, they need to make a movie about this guy, right? This is amazing. Not only that, I, I, this, is, this is Father's Day, so this is a lot of for guys, girls. You're like, oh, this is like, oh, this is gross. Um, or maybe you're cool. You're like, oh, this is sweet. And he killed, not only that, and he killed an Egyptian, a man of great stature, five cubits tall, which is seven, seven feet. So he, killed, he, was a, he was a seven footer, okay? Now in the Egyptian's hand was a, was a spear like a weaver's beam. So as a matter of fact, just for fun fact, um, that's what Goliath's spear was. Goliath had a weaver's beam spear. But he went down to him with a club. He only had a club. Like he's like, I got a club. And there's a seven-footer in front of him. We don't know how tall he is, but probably not very tall. And so he's got a seven-footer in front of him, Egyptian guy, massive guy. He's got a spear made of weaver's beam, and he's got his club in his hand, like his little wooden bat, right? He's got his club in his hand, and he snatched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. Amazing. Don't you love the Bible? You should read it. It's incredible. Read the Bible. It's got some amazing stories in it. Now, here's what Benaiah knew. He probably learned it from his father, probably learned it from his grandfather, and so on and forth. Here's what Benaiah knew, and here's what you need to know. Here's the point. God, well, yeah, okay, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Neva, you're right. Built by God, people believe this. Built by God, people believe this. That God is a big God and helps us beat all odds. Built by God people, but here's what they believe. God is a big God and he helps us beat all odds. I mean, two lion-like men, two versus one. I mean, come on. A lion in a pit on a snowy day. I mean, lions... I don't know a lot about them. You can probably learn more about them. Lions, I'm sure they have better traction than Benaiah did on that snowy day in that pit against all odds. A seven-footer with a weaver's beam spear and all Benaiah has is a club. And he's like, I'm going to take that from you and I'm going to kill you with your own spear against all odds. But built by God people, Beniah, built by God people, they believe that God is a big God and helps us beat all the odds. Come on, don't we love the Cinderella stories? Don't we love the underdog stories? Do you? I, I, I do. If you're, if you're you know, somebody that loves sports especially, I love sports. I love, you know, watching movies about the underdog, you know, the Cinderella stories, right? Right? And so I, one of my favorite moments, right, Jim Valvano, you know, he was the coach of North Carolina State, the Wolf Pack, right? And they, were, they had no business going up against the, you know, Houston, you know, which, which had, you know, Akeem Elijah on it and, and, and a couple others, Wit, maybe you can help me later remember who else was on that team. But like they, they had no chance. They had no chance. 
And, and man, what a magical, magical moment, magical game it was, you know. It was, you know, the end, you know, how they won the game was that somebody shot a three. And maybe if you're a sports person, you've seen this over and over again. You know, somebody shot a three, airballed it. The guy caught it, put it in the basket, and they won the game. And then that's a picture of Jim Valvano looking to try to find somebody to hug, and nobody was there to hug him. It's amazing. It's awesome. We, why? Because we love the Cinderella story. We love the underdog story. And then some years later, Jim Valvano got cancer and he got up. And I remember when, as a kid, he, it was the ESPY Awards, ESPN's Awards for sports. And I remember as a, as a young, young kid, I remember exactly remember how old I was, but I, I, vivid, I, I remember watching his speech. And, and still to this day, it gives me tears when I hear his speech. It's amazing. It's an it's incredible story. It's an incredible story. And his, and his, his, his story was don't give up. Don't ever give up. That was his, don't ever give up. Don't ever quit. Don't ever stop. Like he had cancer and it was killing his body. And he was, he, was, he was just telling everybody in the room. And it was just the emotion of that was, hey, hey, don't ever quit. Don't ever quit. Why? Because he lived it. He, he was an underdog. And, and, and I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like, and we are underdogs in this life. But we have a big God who wants to help us. And when we have a big God that wants to help us, we can beat all odds. And Jim Valvano's message, and more importantly, God's message to you is don't give up. Don't ever give up. You, you know, I love the, um, man, Mike Tyson at the time, he was a prolific boxer, you know. And Mike Tyson at the time was, was famous for saying, hey, you know, so-and-so, and it may have been this guy right here, Buster Douglas. He was going into a fight against Buster Douglas. And, uh, and everybody thought Mike Tyson, you know, no one, he's unbeatable. No one was going to ever stop him. And he's famously would say, hey, what if so-and-so has a plan for, to, you know, to, to beat you? And he said, you know, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth which is a great quote. I love that quote. Everybody has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. And, uh, and so he, got, he went up against you know, an underdog, Buster Douglas, and Buster Douglas knocked him out. So amazing. Unbelievable. There was no chance. And we, we know this one. We know this one, right? Why? Because we love Cinderella stories. You remember the 1980 uh, you know, Olympics? You know, the miracle, what is it called? The miracle on ice, Right? you right, the U.S. beating the Soviet Union, right? Ah, man, we, we love, we love the underdog story. We love it. Why, why, do we, why do we know the story of David and Goliath? It doesn't matter whether you're, whether you're a Christian you know, or not a Christian, whether you go to church or you don't go to church. Everybody knows the story of David and Goliath. Why? Because it's an underdog story. It's an underdog story. You know, we love to hear the stories of the nation of Israel going and God saying to Joshua, Joshua, I just want you to march around the walls of Jericho. And, and you know, before that, they sent in some spies and, and you know, 10, you know, or, you know, eight out of the 10 spies came back and said, uh-uh, bad idea, bad idea, bad idea. They, they, they're, gonna, they're way too powerful. They're way too strong. They've got too much. They've got too much. And, and, and Joshua hears from God. And God says, I want you to go there. And, you know, you don't really need to worry about bringing in any weapons with you, you know, just, I just want you to march around, march around, march around the walls, and you know how that story goes, right? It was the story of an underdog, but with the power of a big God helping them have victory, helping them have victory. 
One of the coolest stories in the Bible, a similar story to the Benaiah story, is like Gideon, right? And Gideon has this army, and he's got to go and fight against their adversaries. And, and God keeps removing people out of his army, all the way down to about 300 people in his army. 300 people in his army, and he's got to fight against this powerhouse nation at the time. And yet God's going, listen, you've got me. You don't need anything more than that. We love the Cinderella story. And I hope that you know that just like Benaiah or just like you and me, built by God, built by God, people know that God is a big God. And with his help, it can beat all odds. It can beat all odds. I don't know what your battles are. I don't know what you you're, you're, you're keep you know, fighting against. Maybe it's a relationship you know, battle. Maybe it's a financial battle. Maybe it's an addiction battle. Maybe it's a, whatever the, your battle you're fighting in your life. Maybe it's a stronghold that something has in your life. You thought you had a handle on it, but now it's got a handle on you. Or maybe something that you were hoping that would just in time improve. It just isn't improving. It's just getting worse. I just want you to know that built by God, people know that God is a big, big God. And he wants to help you beat the odds. No matter how much is stacked against you. No matter how hard things are. No matter how tall the walls are. And no matter how big the giants are that you're facing. You have a God that has your back. So how, how, do, we, how do we have victory? How do we have victory with odds stacked against you? How, how, do you, how, do you, how do you have victory with odds stacked against you? Well, here, here's some tips, just some brief things, and we'll go home. We'll go home, okay? Bre number one, number one, reduce it to one battle at a time. Reduce it to one battle at a time. It, it, Benaiah didn't, you know, at the same time, you know, fight the lion-like men, Ariel's son, sons. He didn't, he didn't then at the same time fight a real lion in a pit on a snowy day. And then an Egyptian giant, he, he, he reduced it to one battle at a time. And, and you know this, for, for me and my wife, we have four kids. And, you know, and, and you know, first one, pretty easy. We've outnumbered him you know second one we can now play you know man-to-man -man defense you know she's got one I've got another you know and then third one we now have to start thinking about playing zone and then and then we have a fourth one and we're just like there's no defense for this right and so we're outnumbered and the odds are against us when, especially when it comes to kids and so here's what you know here's what you already know we have to pick our battles we have to pick our battles. You know this when it comes to raising kids, and you know this when it comes to being in a relationship, in a marriage relationship, right? Sometimes we have to pick our battles. And when it comes to emotional, mental, you know, financial, you know, some sort of, you know, addiction, habit, listen, listen, listen. Reduce it to one battle at a time. If we, if we think, I've got I've to 
get, get victory in all these areas in my life all at one time. I got to get it all together. All that, listen, 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 you're, you're, you'll, you'll fail. You'll fail. You'll keep losing. You'll keep getting frustrated. You'll keep, you know, coming back to, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. The odds are against me. I know they are against you. They are against me. So do yourself a favor. Reduce it to one battle at a time. Pick your battles. Pick your battle. You pick one battle, and then you move on to the next battle. That's how it works in war anyways, right? You don't fight all the battles all at once. You move from one battle to the next battle to the next battle to the next battle, and then eventually you won the war. It works practically. It works spiritually. Reduce it to one battle at a time. The other thing you should do and I should do when it comes to having victory against all odds is run to the battle. Run to the battle. I know this sounds counter to what we normally want to do, but isn't this what Benaiah did? There's a lion in a pit on a snowy day. I'm going in. Isn't that what David did? There's a giant in a valley taunting God's people. I'm going after him. I'm going after him. Listen, run to the battle. Why? Why is that? Why, why do we do that? Because you're built by God. You're God's. Like you, you, God has given you the, the power. He's empowered you to know that you can have victory in your life. So knowing, listen, there's a difference, right? In a, in a, what, what if you, you turned on, again, this is for Father's Day, this is maybe sports-related, a lot of sports-related things. But wouldn't you like, be, if you're watching your team like in the stadium or, or on TV, wouldn't you, wouldn't you be like, if you saw them just walking on the field? You're like, come on, team. Like, and, and they're just kind of like walking, you know. Like, oh, yeah, we got this opponent, you know, and we, we don't have a chance, you know. And, uh, you get to see, but no, you don't see that, do you? You see when you, you know, even when your team is bad and they know, you know, maybe they even know they bad, they're bad, they're still running on the field, right? They're running out on the field. They're running out of the court. Why? Because, man, that's what we ought to be doing. We ought to be running to the battle, believing that we can have victory, believing that we can have victory. Run, on, run to the battle. Run to the battle. Knowing that, knowing that God is going to empower you, knowing that God is going to give you what you need, knowing that there's a big God that will help you beat all odds, right? Run to the battle. And I'm sure Benaiah's dad instilled those spiritual principles in him. And I'm sure Benaiah's grandfather instilled those warrior-like in, in, you know, influences in him and said, hey, 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 when, when we take the field, when we go out in the, to work, when we go against you know, whatever our foe is, we run to the battle knowing that we can have victory because God is with us. God is with us. The third thing we should do, the third thing we should do is that we should recruit a ringer. We should recruit a ringer. That's the third thing we should do. You say, what does that mean? That means that when you kind of know that you're not really having a lot of luck or not a lot, a lot of victory in your life, you need to bring somebody in that's just better 
and more talented and has experienced victory so that they could help you have that kind of victory. Did you know that you and I have in us the greatest ringer of all time? We have the greatest ringer of all time. We have God who wants to come in and fight our battles for us and with us. Isn't that good news for all of us? Like there is a God who is massive who says, hey, I see you struggling. I see you battling. I see you frustrated. And you're trying to do that on your own? You're trying to win this on your own? You're trying to do your own thing? Live your own? You're trying to do this on your own? And God's going, come on, recruit me. Recruit me. Bring me in. Bring me in. Bring me in. Bring me in. Here, here's some scripture. Here's, here's what you need to know. For you and I, you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption of sons and daughters by which we cry out, Abba, Father. That you have a perfect heavenly Father who loves you. He's crazy about you. He built you. You're his, you're his workmanship. And you don't have to be afraid of anything. No matter what the odds are stacked against you, no matter what's against you, you listen, no matter how hard it is, no matter how you know, tough it looks, no matter how big the walls are, no matter how big the giants are, listen, God's going, hey, hey, you're my son. You're my daughter. I'm your father. Recruit me in. And he's the best ringer you can recruit. He's the best one to bring in to help you through it. And he goes on to say this in Romans. Paul says this. He says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? Built by God, people believe this. Built by God, people say, I know the odds are stacked against me. I know it looks tough. I know it looks challenging but I've recruited a ringer and he's the almighty. He's the maker, sustainer, life giver, savior. He's mighty and I'm recruiting him to fight the battles one battle at a time. And with God on your team, you know what you're gonna do? You're gonna have a pep in your step. Knowing that God's on your team, you know what you're going to do? You're not going to walk into any battle. You're going to run into that battle. Benaiah was like, I got God. A lion in a pit on a snowy day, that's small potatoes compared to the lion who's roaring in heaven called my Abba, Father. Built by God, people believe that. Built by God, people go, I've got this, but I've got God. I'm facing this. Fear, worry, anxiety, health issue, physical issue, emotional, whatever. I've got God. I've got God. Nothing. Nothing can stand against it. The Hebrew writer wrote it this way. So that we can confidently say, are you confidently saying this? The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. 
What will man do to me? I've got the Lord. He's my helper. And the results of the results are God's responsibility. The results are God's responsibility. You and I, we know this. We already know this. We can't control the results. We can't control the results. The results are left up to God. All we can control is our part. All we can control is God you have this for me. You want this for me. You want freedom in my life. You want, you want me to experience goodness and, and joy in my life. You, 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 you want this for me, God, and, and I'm just going to be obedient to you. I'm just going to do what you want me to do. That's the way I'm going to live my life. And the results are God's responsibility, not mine, not mine, and not yours. And so then what? Well, you just keep repeating the process. Just keep repeating the process. One battle at a time, right? One battle at a time. Run to the battle. Recruit the ringer. One battle at a time. Run into the battle. Recruit the ringer. The results are God's responsibility. They're God's responsibility. So here's something you can repeat daily. Okay, here's something to repeat daily. A heavenly father has built me. The Holy Spirit is in me. Nothing can stop me. Jesus is for me. Take a picture of that. Yeah. A heavenly father has built me. The Holy Spirit is in me. Nothing can stop me. Jesus is always for me. Repeat that to yourself every single day, no matter what's stacked against you, no matter what, how tall the giants are, no matter how big the walls are, we have a big, massive God who's built you to have victory in your life. Let's pray. Father, you have built us each one of us individually. Those of us that put our faith in you, those of us that believe in you, in your son Jesus, you've put the power that resurrected your son Jesus, you put that power in us. That power is in us. And with that, we can do so much more than what we can even think or ask or dream of. And with that, nothing can stop us. No circumstance, no stronghold, no body, nothing can stop us because you built us and the Holy Spirit is in us. And your son Jesus is always, always, always for us. I pray, Lord, that we just repeat this. One battle at a time, one battle at a time, one battle at a time. Run to the battle knowing that we've recruited a ringer who is a father to us. He's our helper when we need him. He's a helper available always to us. I pray this in Jesus' name.
Amen.